Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Football Revisited podcast. You have myself on hosting duties this evening and alongside me is Mr. Cleve Sims, a week stronger after having his jab, and the returning Mr. Rob Bowen, who probably needs every jab for every potential threat out there. <laughs> how, how are you, gents? Rob, how are you? How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, feeling not too bad today. Uh, had a couple of rough days. Back back in full swing with our church, so a bit oh. draining, but... Uh, yeah, it was only a matter that's, of time before, before I mentioned the church. But yeah, <laughs> Prem football's back as well. We've got Champions League football tonight. It's uh, oh, nice to be back in a routine with the sport. I'll tell you what's nice. Not watching international football. That's what's nice. Yes. Back into the main football. Right. I am going... Well, this podcast today is going to be about the Champions League as quarterfinals are back. Um, we're going to firstly talk about the new proposed Champions League format uh, that's going to take place in the 24-25 season. Um, so I'm going to try and outline it as best I can. So bear with me and then we'll have a discussion afterwards. Um, before I mention the proposal, I think it's important to give some context around it. Uh, the reason why there's a proposal in the first place is due to the fact that broadcasting deals are up for renewals in the season I just mentioned. Uh, the new proposal was due to be agreed this week by the ECA. Uh, the ECA is the European Club Association, which basically has about 250 plus clubs um, as members across Europe. And then they were meant to have another meeting with UEFA to to agree this. Um, but as like anything in Europe, nothing got agreed. So they've postponed for a further date. So that's context. Now, the actual new proposal um, has been taken from chess and is called the Swiss model. So currently you have um, eight groups consisting of four teams. They go through to the knockout stages all the way through to a final. Um, so the new proposal is now going to be 36 teams instead of 32 and is going to be a league format. So the likelihood is, is that each team will play 10 games five home, five away against different teams. Once the games are concluded, there'll be a, a ranking system and seedings. So the first eight teams will go through automatically to the round 16. Then teams through nine to 24 go through to a two-leg playoff and the bottom 12 teams are out. So that takes the overall games from currently 125 to 225, so an extra 100 games. So, Sims, I'm pretty sure you were aware of some of that. And I know Rob has just heard that for the first time. Sims, I'll start with you, as you probably know a little bit more. Like it, hate it, does it need to be changed? Can you understand why? Where do you sit? I mean, when you make the world around in there, that's at the end of it. That, you know, there's no point sugarcoating it. That the only reason there's even discussion about this is that they feel that they can make a lot more money through changing um changing it now personally i i don't see any need to even touch the champions league i think uh i think the champions league works well i think it's quite fair um i think there's a lot of i think what you've got to remember there's a lot of agendas um by clubs the powerful clubs who maybe want to ring fence and want to cut off or cut those who aren't in the group out of the group yeah. um now it, is, that, is that right? In my opinion, it's not because I, I look. You think you look at a club like Leicester City um, under the under 
under the, the, the rules or potential new rules, someone like Leicester City will end up having less money, getting less money than they do now for competing at the same stage, on top of the fact that they may finish third and yet Liverpool, who may finish eighth, will still qualify because Liverpool have done well in the past. So, yeah, that, yeah that, that's one of the new. That, that's why the um, meeting that went happened this week hasn't been agreed because of that fact and a couple of other things. Yeah, but funny enough, Leicester are part of, so there's 10 Premier League clubs in this ECA out of the 250. So it's your big six. Then you have the likes of Leicester, Newcastle for some reason. Don't know why. Aston Villa, similar reason. And I can't remember who the other, the fourth team is. Uh, Everton, Everton. So those 10 teams there um, are part of this group. So I can imagine the top six are going, yeah, that's fine. And then those four teams are going, well, hang on. You know, Newcastle have been in Champions League for 25 years or whatever. So why would they agree to this? So, yeah, it doesn't really make sense of why it, they would do it. But You know, I, for me, I, I like the idea that you get a group stage and then, you know, after the group stage, you start from scratch again. So, you know, you look at it, it's a block of six games. You get through those six games and then you, everyone's back to being equal. It doesn't matter if you won all six of your group stage games or it doesn't matter if you only won two but snuck through on the way on on like goal scored. doesn't matter. Well, yeah. this idea then that you're going to be ranking, there's no need to rank. And yeah. then you know, the thing, the problem you've got as well is, if there's, sorry, how many teams will be in the league thing? 24, is it? No. no so, be, so now it's 32 currently, and there'll be so 36. 36 in one big league almost, isn't it? Yeah. The problem you've got want... then is, you'd end up yeah. having like, so say you played your 10 games, yeah. well, everyone's like stif- strength, of dif- like the difficulty of their schedule would be different. So you yeah. could end up playing like out of those ten games, like three of those games might be against, with all due respect, like a Danish champion or like away in Serbia, which are easier games than playing Barcelona away, Real Madrid away, and home and away. It's like I just don't see how where the how it works then. Yeah, I I don't know that I don't I haven't gone into that in depth, but I I imagine that's what would happen. But I I don't think you would see a team like I don't know. Say, I'm trying to think, like a Porto because they're in Champions League this week. Are they going to finish in the top eight out of all the big European teams to go automatically through, and then they go play a two-legged playoff to even get to the round 16? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it sounds quite complicated. But I can kind of see where they're coming from. I can see why they're doing it. But I tend to agree with yourself. Right. Champions League is fine for me at the moment. I don't don't see why you need to change it all that much. The 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 other thing that we haven't even touched on is where are you fit in all these games in. Like yeah, yeah. for example, there's not one top club, okay, and I include Liverpool at the very high, you know, the very top of this list, who haven't complained about fixture congestion and players getting worked hard, you know, absolutely tirelessly, and then you've got the same clubs. Liverpool, Man City, where you know Guardiola and Klopp have been two of the the the, the strongest voices on this on this subject in terms of yeah. working players, and I would have thought from everything I've read and everything I've seen, Man City, and Liverpool are pretty in favour of this because yeah. not only because they get the added money, but then you can't have both ways, can you? Where yeah. do you fit the next five games in? Four games, no, four at least four, isn't it? At least four, just in the group stage. Yeah. Yeah, well, they've played six now, don't they? So they'll play ten. So yeah, you've got to fit yeah. four more games 
which I, you know, for the other European teams, probably not that bad, especially for teams like Ger German teams because they only play, there's only 18 team league. But yeah, for the Prem teams, it's going to be even more of a nightmare. So unless they get rid of the Carabao Cup, but then there's only 10 Prem teams in these discussions. So what are they going to do? Are they going to go back to the EFL and, you know, well, uh, Prem League, other Prem League teams? Money, think how much money the Carling Cup makes for smaller clubs or championship clubs or League One clubs. You know, it, it's a life, they have it, it's a lifeblood for them. It's, it keeps them going. Like, yeah. And again, you know, you, you've got to remove yourself from the big fan. Like, you know, personally, I don't give I don't give a shit about the Carling Cup. I never have really. Like yeah. it's always nice if you get to the final and you're always on the day of the final. You're like, oh great, but really, if it, mm. if when you're in like the third or fourth round and you draw like Arsenal at home, like Liverpool have the last few years, straight away you're like, right, put the kids in. If they win, great. If not, they get a good experience. Well, just because I, as a fan of Liverpool, because I'm always thinking of you know the the bigger trophies, that doesn't mean mm. if you're a fan of like Sunderland. Or if you're a fan of Middlesbrough, or uh, I pick the northeast a bit, but anywhere really, do you know I mean like you know even even to a point, if you look at Premier League clubs like a Southampton, yeah, like if you're a fan of those clubs, you want to do well. Yeah, Newcastle, <laughs> they're always bringing for a trophy. I think what you would see is from the big clubs, they might just go because I've seen this, I've read about this, that they'll propose that the Carabao Cup as it's called now will just be for championship and lower because then you still have the league two teams playing big championship teams so they still get their income or more away and then the prem teams especially the ones in europe those games that would have been played in the carabao cup will then be played european ties europa league um champions league and another thing we haven't spoken about there's going to be an, a new competition a third tier competition called the European Conference League, I think they're calling it, which is going to be basically a lower version down of Europa League. So Premier League teams are more likely to play even more games. So I don't know how long the Carabao Cup's got, to be honest. Rob, I'm conscious that me and Sims have talked. What, what's your impression as you haven't heard these new proposals? Um, yeah, well, I, I agree a lot with what, what you guys have just said. Um, for me, um, the Champions League, like knockout football, is just special. It has so many great moments, and you know the format of the Champions League has been working out for years and years and years. Does does work? Um, like, so yeah, Sims made the point about like where do we fit in these fixtures? You know, you think of like the way the Bundesliga work. Obviously, less games, no Christmas period. Premier League, Premier League teams have to play an extra four more games than <clears throat> the Bundesliga. And then to fit in those extra four fixtures as well, and then more fixtures if they have to get to the playoff stage. I mean, it's going to send some managers absolutely loopy. But I also do get it. Um, you know, it, it's 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 a business at the end of the day. It's all about making money. I'm I'm guessing revenue for the year of 2020 to, and probably for 2021 is going to be down for the Champions League. It's hit you know it's hit all sports. Um, but going forward, I think I like I don't want this much football. <laughs> it's it's yeah. been bad enough with just kind of trying to cover ten prime games over the weekend, like trying to cover you know twenty thirty Champions League games midweek. Yeah. Gosh, it's gonna be it's the gonna be bombarding lives. us. 
there's seven live Premier League games on this weekend. And, you know, say what you want. Some people like it, some people don't. It's funny you mention that because that's the last note I made. I say it seems that UEFA and big clubs think more is more instead of more is less. Because mm. another big point is, so this chess, this Swiss model, which they use in chess, is only used because I don't know how long an average chess game lasts, but you know, whatever the time is, they haven't got enough time for everybody to play everybody. So what are they going to do? So the, Andrea Ranelli, I think his name is, he's the chairman of the ECA, who also owns Juventus. So how that's not a conflict of interest, I do not know, but that's another debate. Um, so he's been quoted to say that one of the big reasons why they're doing this Swiss model is expansion, because they can keep the format for, say, 20 years, whatever, and they don't have to tinker with anything. They just expand from 36 to 40, from 40 to 44, whatever. Whereas with the Champions League now, you can't really expand, but you'd have to change a few things to get more teams in. So, yeah, I think this change will come in. I think it's just a few minor details and Champions League will probably stay, I guess, for a long time unless they, they come up with a new change again. But, uh, but yeah. Anything else on I, that? Oh, I, just... I don't see how, to start off with, why do you need to add more teams in for, for Zatas? Because for me, the whole point is, I, I, know, I know it's the money, but the whole point of qualifying is that it's something... You know, you achieve something. It's got, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. And for example, say you would add in, um, say you went up to forty. Well, yeah. That would be eight extra teams. Well, you know for a fact that England then are definitely going to get one more spot at the very least, one more spot. So yeah. now you're talking top five get Champions League. There's a good chance England gets two spots if it's that. You know, I mean, if yeah. So like, well, so basically, that's all we're doing is making sure that the top clubs are getting their cash and that even when they have a bad season, for example, like Liverpool have had where it goes off the rails, that they're guaranteed to get there. Now, I I just, I, I personally, and people will say, oh, yeah, but you know, it, if you're like a West Ham now, for example, you've got a better chance of getting in because there'll be more spots. But it's like, but it's not designed for that, is it? And then also, once they do get in, no doubt there'll be things put in place which limit their ability to stay in yeah do, do you know what it comes down to it, it it is like you said it's the big teams have come especially in the premier league have gone because we talked about it a few weeks ago on the pod but remember on a super sunday it would be the race for the top four and it would always be liverpool chelsea united and arsenal it'd be only those four teams whereas now 10 years down the line with all the broadcasting money you know good investments you know, lots of investors coming into the Premier League. Now you could argue there's at least eight teams that could fight year in, year out. You know, at the start of the season, you can go, they may get top four. If everything goes right, they could get top four. So the big teams are just going, well, like take a Liverpool. There's less chance of us now making top four for the next 15 years, say. So we've got to come up with a way of making sure we still get this Champions League money and get into the Champions League. So if they finish seventh, and obviously, Liverpool has done really well in European Cup. They're going to get their place. So, I can understand why the big teams are doing it. Doesn't mean I agree with it because it just seems like a lot of greed. And like Rob said, there's going to come to a point where broadcasters are just going to go, "Why are we paying for all these games when 
nobody's probably watching them, or not as many people. Because you could argue, oh, when Man City are going to play PSG, it could be a good game. They're going to play more often. But the likelihood is they're not. Because if there's no jeopardy involved, if you're not fighting for a top place of your group, then, you know, are PSG and Man City really going to be bothered if they've got a big league game coming up in a couple of weeks or the week after? You know, they're going to rest some players, aren't they? And then concentrate in the league. So It's yeah. that duration as well. I mean, yeah. to be completely honest, how many games do we really look forward to in the Premier League now where we're like, oh, that'll be a really good game? You don't really, because... You're so like for example, I've I, I've watched them all. I've watched so many Liverpool Man United games now, and I know that's only twice a season. But that, yeah. you know, yes, it's a big game. <laughs> sorry, but they still go the same way. Tend to go the same way. Yeah. When when an English team draws an English team in the Champions League, you look forward to it because the, there is a difference in how they set up. Yeah. You know, so for example, if when Spurs play Man, Man City in Champions League, and that year Spurs got to the final. There's a different dynamic. But if you yeah. were to say, right, Spurs in the league against Man City, people aren't that interested because it's saturated. It's just been done and done and done. In the same way, you know, we wouldn't really look forward then to watching Barcelona by Munich four times in four years. Like, think when the Arsenal by Munich. Remember Arsenal used to draw by Munich yeah. every year? Yeah. It, just got, like, it, it got boring and that was just an easy, you know, that's a simple version of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've... So I, th- I think they'll come to regret doing this decision because, you know, I don't know how long the broadcast deals are, but let's say, you know, the NFL, they're usually quite long and they're probably like 10 years, say something like that, I don't know. Um, but I imagine it'll be something similar. So you can have 10 years of this and probably by the end they're going to go, oh, actually, more games didn't mean, we might have more money from certain areas, but in terms of the fans, probably less engagement less fans attending all these games. I don't know. Well, the NFL have, like, the safety network of, like, the Game Pass format. Mm. Like, so, if if they felt like they didn't want to renew any deals with broadcasting networks, they could go all in on their <clears throat> their own their own product. And, like, I, I remember you saying, this probably months ago, about the future of how we watch sport. It's going to be streaming services. I think it's it's inevitable. So yeah. these broadcasting deals, I think we're gonna, they're going to realise, well, let's just go streaming. Let's let's get ourselves on Amazon Prime. If, like, yeah. it wouldn't be surprised if BT brought out their own kind of streaming service that they partnered with just to try and keep yeah. the, the money rolling. Yeah, Amazon will take, I'd be surprised, in 10 years of Amazon aren't the major share of them. BT won't, because I've read an article on this, BT won't, they haven't got, because basically they would have to overbid to beat Sky to get certain Premier League games, and they would have to bid even more to keep Champions League games. So they've changed their strategy. They're just going, right, we're happy with the amount of Premier League games we got. We've still got Champions League. Let's keep it at that. I mean, that Sky have whatever they have. But Amazon will come in at some point and go, there's a blank check. How much is it? Let's take everything. Mm. Or let's but take 75% at least. On that, isn't it? Jeff Bezos is actually looking to buy an NFL team right now. So the Sandy, um, Sandy LA Chargers, okay, so he's looking to buy that. So by, always after, is it? So by buying into the LA Chargers, obviously it's in his interest then for the NFL product yeah. to become bigger. Hence why Amazon have just, just now, like literally about two weeks ago, when the NFL had all their TV deals lined up, and there's two things to remember with the NFL model. To start off with, 
we're talking about the money involved with the British football and European football. That money is dwarfed by NFL sponsorship deals. The the money they pay just the team the CBS, uh, NBC, I think what what I say the one right Amazon is the other one obviously. ESPN, and, isn't it? ESPN, ESPN. Money that those four companies have ploughed into have the rights over the over the next 10, 15 years in the NFL just dwarfs anything football has got. Yeah. Second of all, and the thing that this is why it doesn't work as an almost like as a correlation between both. The NFL has got the same teams and the same franchises. That's not going to change. They've got 32. Everyone knows it. You support one of the 32. And if you don't support one of the 32, then you don't, you haven't got a team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So they are, their safety blanket is they're working with the same people and the same companies and franchises for the whole thing. European football can't do that. Mm-hmm. For example, yeah. Leicester City might come in to the Champions League. They might be the biggest club in England. A, a, look at Arsenal. If we'd have said 10 years ago, or oh, Arsenal won't actually be, we won't be talking about Arsenal as a European contender uh, and like a heavyweight in Europe, we would have gone, well, no way. Do you mean? Because, you know, we've always known Arsenal as a big, big club. Yeah. So the problem is UEFA don't even know. And then UEFA and FIFA and all the TV, all the TV companies don't actually know who they're going to be dealing with in 10 years' time. Mm, true. Yeah. So, by doing that, that uncertainty, all it all comes together, and then you've got this perfect song where they're not going to plow in the kind of money that they would in the NFL because in the NFL, all the players are, are obvious. They know that the league is is at the end of the day the league causes shots. <laughs> like UEFA can't even get their own people in order, let alone like you know they've got the threat of a super yeah. league going on in the background all the time. Yeah, well that's what this is. That 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 is at the this is like the shadow on this proposal is that basically the big teams, so like so Liverpool, Real Madrid, all these teams, have gone to UEFA and gone, well, you either let us do this or we're going to talk about that doing our European Super League again. And to be honest with you, after, after reading all this this week and last week, I, I think it's inevitable it's going to happen. You, there will well, come a point where UEFA go, no, that's too much. You're asking for too much. Off you go. We'll just keep... Because like you say, Sims, there's so many teams that could, you could still have a product. It might not be as good, but I think UEFA at some point will go, no, you're asking for too much now. Because that's another point. The big teams as well, and why this deal hasn't crossed the line yet, is that big teams want um, the rights, like basic commercial rights. So they want to market the Champions League themselves. So UEFA have nothing to do with it. They want to do all the commercials in terms of uh, fan engagement, digital media engagement. So, you know, getting more live clips, all the quicker clips for people on their phones, on devices, all this side of things. So, I, yeah, at some point, the marriage is going to end in a divorce. Big teams will go off and the whole landscape will change. But, yeah, because you look as well. So I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. But if you've seen the Belgium League is talking about integrating with the Dutch League, that's another tip of the iceberg. I think that's going to happen a bit more often because the teams are just going to go, you know, we're just not making enough money. It's not viable for us to run as a professional club. We need something else. We need to change. And teams will probably, leagues might join up a bit more. Um, and that will obviously affect how the Champions League is run or European Super League, if it ever happens. Yeah. I feel like we might have exhausted this discussion. So I don't know if there's anyone's got any 
No, I, 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 I yeah, something's going to come up again anyway, isn't it? So you can kind of, it, you, you don't even have to close the discussion because it's just something we'll no doubt talk about in maybe when the season comes to an end and then you're, you know, you're in the middle of the, off, in the, middle of the, the pre-season or it'll just come up again, won't it? And you just have yeah. to wait and see what kind of details come out. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Screw it. Just chop everything down, look at the NFL and let's build the same models. Screw all the clubs. Let's get franchises together. I'd love it. I'd love it. Honestly, I, I, yeah. Screw it. I don't care. Join clubs up. That's what it's all about. I'm just trying to get 32 franchises across Europe. Christ almighty. <laughs> I don't know. There's a sitcom waiting to happen. That's what that is. But yeah, who knows. Right, let's talk about some more joyful things and actually talk about the matches that are upcoming this evening and tomorrow. As you two are Liverpool fans, it's only right that we start with LFC and they are way at Real Madrid. My first question is, is the game going to be in the Bernabeu or is it in that shitty little training stadium next to the Bernabeu? Training stadium. That has made me sad because that stadium is not very nice. But there we are, it's Champions League. So how are you feeling? What's your thoughts on the game? Liverpool are playing quite well. So I think their chances have probably gone up. I don't know how Real Madrid are doing, but what uh, what do you see happening? Either of you? I I think it's going to be a surprising Liverpool performance. You know, another European night. It's not Anfield, but yeah, I think with Madrid at the moment, they're kind of in like a title battle. They kind of stretched. Um, there's like a lot of news of like Hazard being almost getting ready for fitness for it. Now he's out. Uh, Rafael Varane tested positive for COVID. He's out tonight. Hopefully that's that does shake up the squad a bit. Um, I am very worried about Karim Benzema. I, I think he has been outstanding for Real Madrid and I don't think he gets enough uh, praise for what, he, what, what he's done there. I feel like he's always in the shadow of someone. Uh, but he looks like he's the main man in attack now. Um I'm going to go with a 2-1 Liverpool win for tonight. Don't give us your prediction yet. Too late. Stay, stay <laughs> well, too late though, yeah. But uh, I'm going to go with a... No, um, yeah. no. I, I, I think it's going, to be, it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's a huge, huge game for our full-backs. Um, Mane looked incredible. Uh, he looked like back to some of his best form on the weekend against Arsenal. Mosala just still doing Mosala things. Um, Yota has to start, has to start for us. Whether Firmino makes room, I think we did well when we kept uh, the front three and brought Yota on. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the lineup is, but I'd back the boys. I can confirm that Diego Diogo Jota starts. As does Naby Keita in the midfield. Oh, headed Thiago. Um, yeah. Going back to and Firmino doesn't start; he's on the bench. So you, the rest of the team, okay. you could probably guess yourself. Um, yeah. But going back to what Rob was saying, I, I'm I'm of a similar opinion. I don't um, to start off with. I, I think Liverpool are, are you know I think they look like they get into to their to their level. They look like they find themselves a bit which is encouraging. 
would I be surprised if Real Madrid turned up today and played really well and got a result? No, because they're Real Madrid at the end of the day, and you know they've they've still got multiple players who are you know have won everything they need to win, but they're not the Real Madrid of old, and they don't hold the fear factor of Real Madrid of old. Um, and I feel like you know you you can't really you know you look at today's team for Liverpool nine out of the eleven are European and Premier League champions, they've won it all. And you, and that's kind of been forgotten because they've had such a bad year, but they're finally coming back to where they need to be. But one thing I would say is, I, I, I text Burke earlier on, so Burke will know all about it. It is absolutely mental and it's been completely underplayed. And I say it's been underplayed, even though it's not actually, it has been mentioned, but you can't, I can't get my head around. Nat Phillips is about to play away at Real Madrid. <laughs> so you've got Nat yeah. Phillips. And, it, and the other thing is, Ozan Kabak, who... Everyone kind of just goes, so everyone goes on about like Nat Phillips, the cult hero. Ozan Kabak is 20 years old. He's younger than Trent, Alexander Arnold. Yeah. He's come in right at the end of January. He's the other partner. So yeah. you can talk about how good the rest of Liverpool are, but they've done a really good job of just those two deserve credit for kind of finding, them, finding themselves in the position and going on. But would you be that surprised if one of them got exposed tonight? Not really. No. But I feel like that's the that's the risk Liverpool are at, and that's going to be the whole thing for the whole season. I think Liverpool can win the Champions League. I've said it for weeks. I said it when they were out to form. But I also feel like you wouldn't be that surprised if it all went wrong because the centre partnership isn't good enough, is it really? Yeah, I agree. I, and I go back to something you just said about when I saw the draw, and I'm, you know, I'm obviously not a Liverpool fan, but I, if I was Liverpool, I'd be going, yeah, it's not a bad draw. We'll take yeah. Real Madrid. And it's probably the first time, certainly in my lifetime, that you could probably say that about Real Madrid. Because even when they haven't been the Galactico, Galacticos, they've still been had some very, very good players. And I'm not saying they haven't got good players, they obviously have. But the the aura has definitely, uh, definitely gone from Real Madrid. And yeah, I... To be honest, I really fancy Liverpool. I thought they were brilliant against uh, the, in their last game. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they get, you know, even if they got, you know, even if they lost two one, you know, get that away goal at Anfield, a European night against Real Madrid, even though there's no fans. I can. Is, is it confirmed that the second game is at Anfield? No restrictions. It, it will be, I think. Yeah, it will be, yeah. What I've read, oh, they, yeah, I forgot about that. It, it has eased. From what I've read, it's eased up quite a bit now. Um, so that. Well, to start off with, if you think about it, Liverpool can go to Madrid. So that's a start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was before that you couldn't even go to Madrid, you know, couldn't get in, didn't it? So, um, yeah, no, from what I understand, um, everyone will be in their usual stadiums for this for this round. But, you know, for me, with Liverpool, isn't it? It's just, you know, I, I actually think they're the better team yeah. in, against right. Madrid, which, you know, again, like you said, but it's just, you know, it's quite surprising. Really. It hasn't been the case, but, you know, since we've been born, especially that, you know, most English teams have never been equal to Real Madrid. They might have beaten them over the years, but they've never been equal in terms of players. Um, and I look at the Liverpool team today, I just think it looks as if they just want to run Real Madrid ragged and then they want to bring on the off the bench. You've got Thiago to come off the bench. You've got some decent players off the bench. Firmino come off the bench. Um, and I, you know, I know Burke and I, you know, I know a lot of fans don't fancy Firmino, but, you know, I think Jurgen Klopp is desperate to get Firmino, Jota, Salamane as a four on the pitch. And I wouldn't be surprised if, again, as he did on the weekend, 
that if they can get to an hour and if they can see him rigid legs are starting to drop off, if you saw Thiago come on for one of them, and then if you saw, well, no, actually, it might not be one of them. He played, he'd probably be, um, who's playing alongside him? What was it? Wijnaldum. Oh, Keita, yeah, sorry. It'd be Keita come off. I think you'd see Ta- Thiago on for Keita. I think you'd then potentially see Firmino go on and they would go Firmino. And they probably would take Wijnaldum off then and put the four of them up top and just try and run them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I've always thought, as soon as you signed Jota, I thought, because you look at Firmino's numbers and he's always compared with other strikers, which for me is unfair. Really, he is a 10. He's like a, he's a cam for me. Like that, mm. that's that's his numbers, you know. He got more assists and he gets goals. So I think I think him just off a Diego Yota, who again I wouldn't say he's a striker, but I, I'd say he's probably better than Firmino. Um, you know the goal goals he's had for Liverpool this season, and you know he he's got in he was out for a long time. He's come back and he looks you know like he hasn't been away. Um, that that's you know from my point of view, I I, I could see Firmino behind Yota working, but. I think the selection today says a lot because, for example, when I made my team, I this is more like the team I would have picked. But then Jurgen Klopp, for all the people who say you know heavy metal, and he, he's pretty pragmatic when it comes to substitutions and also his starting team. He likes to be solid, and I think I I thought you know Milner played quite well on the weekend. I thought he might go with Milner again, so I thought he might see Milner, Wijnaldum, Fabinho with just the normal front three up top. And then you might, you know, think, oh, we'll bring Yotta on again, like he did. Yeah. So for him to 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 take out Firmino and take out Milner and put Kater in as well, you know, mm. one thing to out, but to put Kater in out of nowhere, really, and he did look decent after, actually just before the international break. But again, you know, he's, he's so injury poor, you just don't know what you're gonna get. Like I like Kater, I think he's a good player, but. You know, you don't, you know, you can't have full faith in him. So for him to put him in and put Yotta in, I think it points to Jurgen Klopp fancying it, right? Yeah. Well, mm. He's got nothing to lose with, is he? I mean, you know, the league, they may get top four, who knows? But you may as well just fancy chances in Champions League. Um, what's your, I can't remember what Rob's prediction was. I'm sure he reminded us. 2 1. What's yours? 2 1. Yeah, 2 1 Liverpool. Um, I think both teams do score. I think Liverpool get a win. Uh, oh, do you know what? I'm going to be. It'll come back and bite me probably. But I'm going to go three-one Liverpool. Naughty. I, I agree with Rob. I think I think Liverpool score two-one, and then you know, game's probably over then. Um, right. Let's uh, let's move on to another English team, Manchester City against Borussia Dortmund. Um, interesting game. I think most people have have City to win. Especially after Dortmund lost against Frankfurt on the weekend. And interesting side note, Man City is six to one to win the quadruple, which just seems absolutely crazy. Because I mean six to one, you're not even making much money. Um but yeah, we all do all think Man City stroll through. Or do, or does a potential Manchester City target in Haaland bite them in the bum? Well, if it yeah, I mean, the common sense and everything about this suggests, yeah, obviously Man City stroll through. And I would tend to say, yeah, they will, because, you know, I watched Dortmund quite a bit. And they are, you know, they are pretty poor at times. However, this is the same Man City team that for years I've watched lose to Monaco. I've seen them lose to Lyon. I've seen them knocked out, you know, by by teams they should never be knocked out by. 
So, and, and you know, I thought to Manarov, they are very much like a, a weird team like that, where, <laughs> you know, you could see Dortmund going there tonight and getting two goals just out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the difference is I don't see that they can stop Man City scoring. Like, I think Dortmund could score quite a few, but I can't see them stopping them. And that, there's your problem there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... I, I think it's Man City's time. I think they they should just control this game, control Ireland. You know, you've got Ruben Diaz. I can imagine him being up for tonight. That's I think that's been the problem when the games you just mentioned, they've probably looked at it and gone, oh, we're better than these. Like, no player in our team would even get in our team. So yeah. we'll just turn up. Whereas this one, you know, there, there was a genuine threat in Ireland you know, who could score two on his own, you know, if he gets half a chance. You, know, you could bury two two shots easy. Um, so yeah, I think they'll be on their their P and Qs and will take care of business. Um, I can, like I say, I can see them scoring, but I I, I see them scoring a few of themselves. Probably, I don't know, three one maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Man City will. I think they'll be they'll control the game totally. But I think. Like it'll be something like in the last twenty minutes, quarter an hour. There's going to be a lapse of concentration, and they let they let a goal in, or maybe two goals, and then it's like, okay, mm. on to two weeks' time when they have to go to Dortmund to play. That's going to be the biggest thing. Is like, can they go out, go out to Dortmund and make sure that Dortmund don't get it with the home well, like you know, home stadium advantage. Um, I struggle to get out of the whole thing of Man City being perennial bottlers in this competition. Like Sam's mentioned, you know the teams, the teams that they've lost to. That you know when we when you, when we look at um, you know losing to Spurs, you know yeah. that's that's a team that they would they would have absolutely controlled two games in the Prem, and it's the same. Well, the the season that Liverpool beat them, Liverpool did beat them once in the Prem, and then. And I think it was another draw. But they, they, they are better than these teams. But it's when it comes to them, like that. That's why I love the you know the special thing about knockout football. This is where yeah. this is where Pep can get caught. And I know yeah. he's won it with Barcelona. He's won it with um, <clears throat> Bayern Munich. No, no, he didn't win it, win it with Bayern Munich. It was that was that was, Hank, that was Hank, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. he's won it with Barcelona. But that when when was the Barcelona one? With 2010s, wasn't it? Or, uh, 2000s, late oh, 2000s. Long, long he won time. Three, he? he won 2009. Yeah. He won it. Home against Mark yeah. United. So yeah. you know, a lot, a lot has changed since then, and I, I, it's, I struggle to get out of this whole kind of weird, kind of almost voodoo-like that City are not <laughs> destined to win this trophy. Yeah. He get, he gets in his head, doesn't he, Pep? I think he just, he's like, oh, I can't make a mistake. I got to do something different to, to make sure we absolutely win yeah. instead of just going. Look, yeah, we're well, better than these. Just go out and exactly. play and play. And play. I, I'm, I'm looking at the bench right now, and I, you know, I'm looking at Ake, Sterling, Jesus Aguero, Zinchenko, Laporte, Torres, Mendy, Fernandinho, Garcia. All of these, I'm just thinking, this that that team alone could do could do What's well against Dortmund. So Phil I think Foden it's Phil, and Phil Foden maybe. I think, and then it's Mahrez yeah, on the right, maybe Bernardo uh, on the left, or vice versa. It it looks like a three uh, a four three three with. Rodrigo, Gundogan, and De Bruyne. But you know, this is what we say in our season. It gets underplayed almost. Man City squad is absolutely ridiculous. They spent an absolute yeah. fortune. Like to be honest, they should be twenty points clear or whatever that because 
like for example, you know, we're in the Champions League quarterfinals, first leg, it's not even the second leg, first leg, and as he and he as he puts Stern on the bench, yeah. Yeah. Gabriel Hayes just, it's just like, oh, we'll just well. give him a break. It's yeah. just yeah. like it's like I said to the day, I remember saying weeks ago when they played Arsenal away, and they yeah. and they had like five or six changes from the Champions League midweek team, and they were probably stronger then. It's just <laughs> it you you can't you yeah. can't get away from it. And there's much and I think Pep is brilliant at it. He talks about other teams. They talk about, you know, oh, like he said this week, oh, I don't know if we, you know, Man City would would pay for Haaland. You know, there's other teams who have spent a lot of cash. Like, let's not kid ourselves, mate. Like, yeah. I mean, like you have spent an absolute fortune. And I personally felt last season was their time. Like, I looked at that, you know, at the whole setup of last season, they were playing well, toward, you know, quite well towards the end of the season. They had the whole, you know, going away then to. You had, you know, you went to Portugal, wasn't it, or wherever they went? Yeah. And Portugal. they, like, I thought that setup suited Man City more than anybody. So for them to to butcher it like they did against Leon of all teams, yeah. I mean, yep. I, you know, for me, you know, tonight I'll give my prediction over because I know you can ask me in a minute. I think Man City probably go one down and then they go and absolutely obliterate them four one five one. And yeah. I think, and I think it'll be done. I think they'll turn up the second leg. They beat them quite comfortably second leg, and then you they roll into a semi final, and then you know they're likely to get oh they're gonna get either PSG or Bayern Munich aren't they? And so I think Pep will be hoping that he gets PSG. I don't yeah. think he fancy Bayern Munich, but again I I don't know I just, I, I just think yeah I, I think they'll I think they'll walk through this round and then you won't really learn anything about them because that's another thing about this year. The problem you get when you're that good. When you when you go on a run like you have, you don't actually know how how strong they are. People don't know about like how characters. Oh, you know, they're really strong characters, and yeah, but well, you don't actually know that until something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll wait and see, but it should be should be a good game because Aaron Ireland's playing, so we shall see. Um, as you mentioned, PSG against Bayern Munich. Let's go there next, Rob. Obviously, last year's. Champions League final repeating itself. So, who do you fancy? Well, um, I know <clears throat> it always seems like every season where I'll have a look at the Bundesliga table, I'm like always surprised that, like, you know, you're about two thirds of the way in, uh, sorry, but like halfway in, and like Bayern Munich are about three points off top. You know, someone, someone's ahead of them, like, say, or, or um, Dortmund. But it they just don't cease to amaze me with how much quality they have. Um like the they've now got you know the Champions League winning experience there, but they had players, still got players that won in twenty twelve uh, twenty thirteen. Um that I can't look past this Bayern Munich team. Um I mean if you really you know. You would be making much money if you put put bets on them to win because I I think they are by far the most superior team in Europe right now with the quality that they have on their on their on the starting eleven on the bench how they work as a t- as a club like for the for the future I think for this for this decade of the 2020s I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Bayern Munich get another three titles. They geared uh, up and with their with their league. They they geared up to to really be competing in Champions League every season. So yeah, I wouldn't say three, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won it. I strongly again. Go on, Sims. Sorry, no. I I just think the idea of any team 
can do like what I know you could say our oh, Real Madrid did a few years ago, but <clears throat> I just think it's so tight and so difficult to win the Champions League now that I I don't see anybody being able to go and get three or something in like three in five years or whatever. You know, I and even my Munich, I mean it's like I, I think they're playing well, but I don't look at them and think they're unbeatable. I really don't. I watched them a few weeks ago and they were two 0 down and I I said I'm gonna dick you know, almost like mug myself off here because they went two 0 down and they won like four two. But they went two 0 down to Dortmund within five minutes and they were all at sea. And you're thinking, well, this is the same Dortmund that I've just said, they're probably gonna ship five against Mazitti. Um and then, you know, they only worked them way back into it because Dortmund basically they were just so shocked that they went up, they didn't know what to do. You know, a team like I like I, I look at Man City and I think, yeah, they could be tough, you know. I look at Liverpool. Yeah. Even with even with like their eighth and ninth centre backs, I look at Liverpool and I think, hmm. Do you know what I mean? I that front three could do some damage. So for me, like and, and you know, and this is like this year, you know, let alone next you know, I look at Liverpool's team next few years, I look at Man City, I even look at the likes of Chelsea, and I don't see Bayern Munich being unbeatable to the point that they would win everything myself. We'll wait and see. I'm, say, I'm going PSG. What I would say is I don't like Bayern Munich, so that's probably something I should lead with. <laughs> Because yeah. I just I hate the idea that they just basically go by whoever's whoever's done well against them to stop the rivals putting any kind of fight up. Like it really annoys me that does. And I mean it's it annoys me the league allows it in a way. It's yeah. like the rest of the league is just like just concedes like oh well you know it's by Munich that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the thing I don't get is why don't clubs fight more? Because you look at um, Leipzig, you know they've just sold in a. Um, one of the centre-backs from Bacano. Like, the, the owner of Leipzig is like a, a multi-billionaire. You know, it's not as if he shot him a few quid. Why, why are you selling somebody for peanuts to I think, your biggest rival? It doesn't make any sense. I agree with you, but I think, you know, the writing's on the wall when you've got a team like Dortmund, who at the time were, were champions, and they lose their best player to Munich for free in mm-hmm. Mario Götze, um, and then they get to a Champions League final, and then they lose Hummels, like they've lost, literally they lost their best three players, Lewandowski, Hummel. Spine of their team, yeah. Like, yeah, they're whole the best of their best, the best of the best to their rivals, and Dortmund barely put a fight up. Yeah. So, you know, what hope what hope of like the likes of I don't know, like Hoffenheim got mm. to put you, when you've got Dortmund who, you know, realistically are one of the only clubs in Germany who could rival them. It just for me, it just it kind of that's why I can never fully like embrace the Munich model because I think like people say, oh, they've been so smart in their window. Well, they haven't been that smart. They've just picked off the best players in their league. Yeah. Like to be quite honest, I'm sure we could do that. To be, you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. that difficult. You just watch every game that your team plays. Whoever plays well against them, oh, we'll yeah. have it. Put them on the scouting report and then see who does the best. And sign them for peanuts. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no Lewandowski for Bayern, by the way, tonight. Yeah, out for a few weeks, isn't he? Yep. Mm. Uh, and PSG kind of full strength with uh, uh, Di Maria Mbappe. Is Neymar available? Is he suspended? He's, a, he's, a, he's expected. Mm-hmm. I think he's suspended though. Mm. Is I, Big Chop playing as well for Bayern? Uh, uh, two two more thing. I think if he's he's uh, he's got he's, he's expected to start up top. Unbelievable! What a stoked to Bayern via PSG. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I wouldn't be surprised if he scores. 
and yeah. leave a player for my title winning team. Um, yeah, but we'll just give our predictions. But I, I'm sticking with Podge. You know, it's been a tough se- season for Spurs. I miss him so much. I just want him back. So I hope that he wins the Champions League with PSG just to prove all the haters wrong. But PSG aren't in great form, so I wouldn't be surprised they get smashed because they've lost a lot of games recently. So we shall see. I'm going. I'm going to go two one PSG. Screw it. What were you two? I'm going to go two all, and I think Mbappe steals the show once again. Uh, I'm going to go three one Bayern Munich tonight. Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night. Yes. Sorry. That's all right. They're all on the same. Um, right, let's do the last game quickly then. So I don't think we really need to talk about it too much. Chelsea versus Porto. I think before the West Brom result, everyone would have said Chelsea easy. But has the West Brom result put any doubts in anyone's mind or a Chelsea over two legs too strong for Porto? I uh, I think so. I think you kind of forget how good this Porto team was against Juventus. Like. Yeah, I, I, the second leg was the best game of football I've seen all year. Yeah, I've I've got I've got a couple of friends who are Chelsea fans, and you know when they drew Porto, they were like, "Oh, fantastic, we're into the semis." And I was just like, "I I, I hate that confidence anyway." But I was just like, "This this team just put out you know Ronaldo's Juventus, and yeah. you know they they were battling into that extra time. They they put on." Um, you know, they went into like another gear just to get through. I wouldn't count them out, and especially with you know, I think Tuchel's maybe like I don't understand what Tuchel was doing going for a, a back four, um, uh, sorry, a back a back three initially, and then like and adjust to a back four. It's just like I I I I hated the hype around Tuchel about okay, he had a good start, I get it, but I had a Chelsea friend and I was just I was winding him up all um. Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon whenever the game was yeah Saturday and it was just because he'd built up the hype in himself so much that Tuchel is like this you know it's the return the of the saviour yes he is the messiah yeah no he's not the messiah he's just um, bringing Jurgen yeah. Klopp wannabe but with a defensive mentality I mean that's all, he, that's all he's doing is getting draws and like 1-0s 2-0s and then you get found out against West Brom nah I'll back Porto screw it Oh, he, he he came up against Big Sam. I mean, what do you expect? Exactly. Honestly, what do you expect? He's not he's, the first guy to be bested by Big Sam. Yeah. These European man just coming up, I think they're big, big time. And, a, big and a lovely statistic: Big Sam's the first ever manager to go to Stamford Bridge and win with three different teams. Unbelievable! What a what a legend! What a hero! Success wherever he goes, even though they're going to get relegated. But hey, there we are. But I, yeah, I, I'd expect Chelsea to win, but. The thing with Porto is, like some of those players played the game of their lives against Juve in both legs. And like Pepe rolling back the years, you know, I heard a stat earlier, made 21 clearances over the two games, which for a 38-year-old centre-back in Champions League. Oh, he there. was outstanding against Juventus. Yeah, but... Love it. Yeah, I just don't, I can't see, you know. You don't I couldn't believe even name, time. I couldn't even name half the, most of the Porto team. And I, I watched the game. I still can't. Both their names. Liverpool legend Marco Gruich. Yeah. Yeah. Is he still on loan, Chris? Yeah. Is Casilla still there? As he as he left. He's retired. He's retired. Keep up. Long retired, <laughs> is that right? Yeah. 
Who's taking uh, drugs today? You're doing Falcao, cow. is he still around? No. Uh, <laughs> You've seen Benny McCarthy next. <laughs> yeah. Was <laughs> winning Champions League winning team. Exactly. Yeah, go still going. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go Chelsea two 0 something like that. Comfortable. I expect the Chelsea win as well. I think I think Porto could be better than people think, but then I also think they'll never actually be in the tie. So I'm gonna go. Um, I go. Yeah, two 0 sounds a good score. Chelsea. You love an underdog. Love it. Um, They're doing bets. Right, so those are our picks. Don't bet on them from our. Sorry, but I don't even trust. So you're giving the first leg. One, just say the say which club goes through over two legs. So Liverpool, Real Madrid. Who are you going? Liverpool. Liverpool. I go Liverpool as well. Porto, Chelsea. Chelsea. Porto. Chelsea. <laughs> Bayern Munich, PSG. Bayern. Mm. Head says Bayern, heart says PSG. So I'll go, I'll go with Bayern. I'll go with my head. I'm going to go PSG over two legs. And then City, obviously, I'm guessing we all go City. City yeah. yeah. So we all expect the first legs to basically be the same and second leg to be the same as the first leg. Yeah. Fair. And that's three English teams in the same final Champions League, which probably hasn't no, happened since 2010. There was that golden period in there where they were happy. Yeah, happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We'll probably go out and say, oh, English football is the best football. Do you remember <laughs> you did that? Like, whatever team is in Champions League, like when Bayern Munich and Dortmund said, oh, the German League is the best league in the world. Look at the both teams. Like, come on, man. Slow down. Um, right. Sims came up with this week's draft after what can only be described as one of the worst things I've ever seen on a football pitch. And the fact that my girlfriend even commented on it just shows how, and she doesn't like football, shows how bad it was. So Sims, give us the draft. Quite simply, I well, I, I, I tweeted like literally seconds after seeing it that the game was over as far as I'm concerned because there was no, he wasn't returning, he wasn't coming back to me. Stuart Atwell's heck at on Saturday night was just something else. The fact that, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, lockdown's been out on everyone. We've all had our difficulties. We've all put faith in people maybe we shouldn't have with the fair scissors. But I mean, his missus or his, his son, whoever's done it, I don't care. His grandmother, if he's broken lockdown rules and gone to see his own mother, I mean, he needs to be having a word of them. Um, so I thought, right, one of the worst or best haircuts that I've seen on a football pitch by players and I did open it up for referees after seeing Atwell's performance but this week instead of deciding how who gets to go first by a question I just wanted to have a generic chat about Atwell and what I would do is I would then tell you which one of you has made a greater impression on me <laughs> in your Stuart Atwell thoughts so I will just to let you know the criteria for um, scoring in terms of in my mind will be just, just general funniness of your comments, actual <laughs> sense of your comments, and then any any time you can just have a go at him or his misses for giving that record, I will award extra points. So what I'm going to do for two minutes on my clock, and we're just going to have a generic chat about it. That's all. Okay? On. So feel free. So I will start. I, yeah. Okay? I, I've been holding something in since I saw it, so I feel like I should start. Well, even better. So wait a sec. So I'm going to start the clock. And the clock starts now. Right. So there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of talk about VR 
and referees this season, rightly or wrongly. A lot of mistakes, a lot of controversy, a lot of heartache. But after seeing his, what can only be described as a first attempt by whoever cut the hair, because it was not what you want to see on anyone, let alone a primetime referee in a Saturday afternoon slot. Um, but then now Mike Riley, the head of referees, needs to, in the next meeting, whenever it is, first point on the agenda, lads, there's been a change. We have all <laughs> got uniformed haircuts. PowerPoint comes down, shows a picture of him and goes, this is not what we want. We are professionals. This is not acceptable. He then has a slideshow of potential haircuts. Buzz cuts are acceptable. Any of our hairstyles, acceptable. Long hair, debatable. There will be exceptions here and there. But a nice, clean cut, professional, lovely. And if anyone breaks those rules, they get fined, they miss refereeing games, and you move on. But if that is not the first point on the agenda, the referees are done. Absolutely Where are you done. In, Rob? Well, Stuart Actwell, born on the 6th of October 1982, who went to Staffordshire University. Um, I think you know he's 38 years old. He needs to start acting like it. Uh, this is a, a haircut that came into fashion quite a, you know, a couple of years ago, five, six years ago, whatever. It's not a good look for anyone who wears it, but you've got a good balance there. It's not, uh, you know, you've got, look, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. What I don't like about Stuart when I'm looking at the image right now, okay? So basically, <laughs> he's got, you know, the McDonald's sign up there, and he's trying to maybe distract away from it. But that's all I'm seeing is, like, he's, he's just got two culdy sacks either side. They're dead ends. They're not good. Act your age, do that. Well, you're 38, and you're trying, you know, you're all about referees wanting respect. I don't respect anyone with that haircut, okay? So I, I'm, sure. surprised that, I'm surprised that Thiago didn't go up to him and say, mate, mate, look, look, look what I've got here. Straight buzz cut. It works. There we go. Yeah. I appreciate both the candor, boys. I'll, Can I'll I check something in last minute? Go on. Another rule that needs to be added, each referee needs to be given a small mirror before each game so that they can check themselves because clearly Stu Atwell didn't have a mirror to look at before he set foot on the pitch. I appreciate Thank you. that. Now, I'll actually, I'll let you know, but there was actually a, there was there was something I wanted to be said and but actually nailed it within second. You've got to get the PGMOL, MOL in. <laughs> Mike Riley, this is where you get paid for, mate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Dermot, do, was it Dermot Atkins, or Dermot O'Leary, what's his name? Not Dermot O'Leary, he's a guy I think. Who's the guy? <laughs> Dermot yeah. He's not on Sky tomorrow morning. Okay. This is how you do it. On his weekly roundup, saying, yeah. look, it's just not good enough. I want Jamie Carragher breaking it down. I want to go in, stop and go in there. There. That's where this has gone wrong. PGMOL <laughs> has to get involved here as far as I can say. But you nailed it there. This is just not acceptable. You cannot have, you can't have a guy walking around thinking that is a, if he's thinking that's all right, then he clearly doesn't know the rules, is he? How <laughs> yeah. can I trust him to know where a handball is when he can't when he look when he has walked out of his house with that on? Yeah. Honestly, got it. If I was you in Clock on Saturday, I'd have rocked up, I'd have seen that and gone, you know what, lads, get back on the bus. <laughs> That's exactly I did that on my sofa. I sat in the couch, I was like, oh my god, this game is done. Before it even <laughs> Stuart yeah. Actwell, Mrs. Actwell. Imagine being his kid. His kid must have had a rough week in school. 
Yeah. <laughs> the mute button must have been on a lot. To answer the question, you have won. Rob, I appreciate that. You did a good job. However, I did need your PGMOL and I needed the rec. <laughs> I needed Mike Wrigley as well. That was another buzzword I was looking for involved. <laughs> Honestly, it was the first thing I thought. I was like, surely after seeing this. Because it wasn't like a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. This was prime time. Like everyone was yeah. watching this game. Arsenal Liverpool. Everybody saw it. And you know, we are joking, but in all seriousness, like referees need to be professional and uniformed in my opinion. So blonde hair, blue yeah. eyes. Let's get the Aryan race. Oh, let's let's not forget now, all right? He's had three weeks off. He's had an international break. This last <laughs> he's gonna be representing England on the on the in the Euro circuit. He's had three weeks at home. He did three weeks together sorted. But it also points to poor preparation, my ad, because I reckon he's done that. So it was a Saturday night game. I reckon he's had that done Thursday night, Friday morning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fresh. What he should have been doing is getting that record done a week before. If it goes tits up, Ben, it's all right. I've got a week to let it grow a bit. Honestly, yeah. you know, it wouldn't happen to Michael Oliver, but I was just saying, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> anyway, he's got, got a lovely head of hair. What Probably you need to do is to talk us through, just give us one or two names, or we'll just do the usual snake around. Um, All right. Just in terms of your, the best hackers or the worst hackers you've seen on a football pitch. That's all. Okay, dog. I, I will concede that I spent a lot of time doing the Champions League talk. So I did this last minute. Um, so I'm not going to go into too much depth. But there was a few players that came to mind. Um, so I'm going to go for one current player. And both of mine are bad haircuts. Because for me, I don't really remember anyone with a good haircut, even though they obviously are them. But they don't stick in my mind. So the first one that came to mind, and I actually saw this guy play with this haircut, and I remember going, what on earth am I watching here? I just couldn't compute in my mind. I was quite young at the time, and it just didn't look great. And that is Andy Carroll, when he had cornrows, if anyone remembers. Like, I don't want to get too, get the lawyers involved, but... Like, who are you trying to be, mid? You are a footballer. You are a British footballer, and you're from Newcastle. There's only so many haircuts you can have. And the haircut that he had on that day, and for other periods of his career, I think he had it at West Ham as well, where he had these bloody cornrows. I'm thinking, well, that, that is an American thing. That is not a Newcastle Andy Carroll thing. And the fact he wears number seven for Newcastle just rubber stamps it for me. So, yeah. First pick is Andy Carroll, Convals. Awful haircut. Solid pick. Norberto? Yeah. Uh, I'd, uh, when you first mentioned Andy Carroll, I thought you were just going to mention the fact he had a silly ponytail. I was like, he's owned that for years. Uh, I'm going to go close to home. and uh, But unfortunately, you once sport, sported this haircut, and so did a, a fellow friend of ours, Stephen Davis. Only for two it. weeks, may I add. Yes, yes, but uh, it was quite one of the worst. I hated Top Knot as it was, but Bobby Firmino's Top Knot was one of the worst things I've ever seen in existence. I've, like it was like a an idiot handle. It just it was just there, just at the back of him. It's like you could pick him up and pour him into something. It looked absolutely ridiculous. I I, it was, I was torn between that, okay, or the time he went blonde, which looked absolutely shocking but i'm gonna go with this because it kind of grinded my gears a bit more uh top knots if you have a top knot or have ever had a top knot you are a nonce 
So I'm, I'm glad that Brett found himself after that two weeks and then decided that he didn't need dog anymore. It was a difficult period in my life. That's all <laughs> I'm say. I'll leave it at that. Like I said, I'm just I'm just glad that you managed to, to find yourself during the two weeks and then you know you move past it because it was yeah. it was a di- you, you say it's difficult time for you, it was difficult time for the rest of us as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel bad now when you through all that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But there we are. I'm gonna <laughs> uh, be Steve. I'm gonna bring a, a happier note, Rob. And I know Roberto, you will absolutely agree with me. Yeah. Um, I was looking at her. I was thinking, oh, there's what there's one guy, and I just think, oh my word! And he, he and the last week, he's just gone and done something. It's unreal, unreal. He's a goalkeeper, which to start off with, it's just, Whoa, like, it's just like, oh my Whoa. god, for me to be in love with a goalkeeper. I mean, but honest to God, how any striker is ever going to score past Alison Becker with that touch? <laughs> I'll never know. Because if I'm one on one with him in that touch. The Tash is just literally looking at me going, not today, son, not today. So, <laughs> as a Becker, and honestly, God, you could pick any hairstyle. His lockdown hair, when he had it long, he looked unreal. When he's cut it short and gone for short back inside, he looked unreal. Just as a Becker with any hair could go in, looks unreal. And he's no, like, think how good looking and how, how, much, how much confidence you've got to have to pull off that Tash and not only pull it off, look bloody good doing it. <laughs> Honestly, God. Like, also, doesn't he remind you of just any CID guy? Like, he, looks, <laughs> he looks like he could save Liverpool. He could keep a clean sheet for Liverpool, and then he looks like he solve a murder. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm all in on it. Alison Becker with any hairstyle, and he looks great. Yeah. So there's my number one pick. And number two, and honest to God, I always think whenever I think of bad guys, I think of this player. Marwan Shamak. Do you remember him? He's on my oh, list. Yes. Oh my word. <laughs> He had like the weirdest hair. So it was like the back used to stick up, the front was like gelled down, and then it was longish on the side, but it just it was trying to cover his ball patch, wasn't it? Yeah. And then add on the fact that he's actually crap. It's not a good look. So I'm not gonna I'm just gonna be short and sweet. Marwan Shamak finds himself on this list for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. And it was a really bad mullet, because it wasn't like a straight mullet, it had a flick at the end. Which is just like, how do you even do that without? I mean, I don't know Morocco very well, but I don't think it was all the rage. I really don't. I don't think it was, but uh, yeah, not not one of Arsene Wenger's best signings. Mm. And oh, I am now to make sure Shamak is Moroccan because I think I think he is. Yes, he is I think he is. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. I can confirm that he is. Although I did when I saw him play for whoever he played for before Arsenal, it might have been Bordeaux. Someone like that. Correct. Was Bordeaux. I'm sure they play in Champions League. And I saw him, well, he looked quite good, but then, yeah. A false dawn, as they say. Honestly, well, I'm just looking at photos of him now. He had such a bad ass that it's unreal. <laughs> like, what is. Again, no, it's like, where's his mates? Like, like but, you know, that two weeks where you had a bad two weeks in it. I don't yeah. think. We, did, we didn't stop telling you, mate. It's got to go. It's got to go. <laughs> go. And it went. Like, yes, you were. Of, I said earlier on, Michael Oliver, wasn't it? Where's Michael Oliver now? Why isn't he texting Rocco going, mate? Mm, I don't know about this. Do you mean, yeah. you Roy Arane, where you at, bruv? Come on. <laughs> yeah, really, we, we should feel sorry for these people. They clearly haven't got many friends to tell them that you know whatever I mean? they're doing is not right. Yeah, been friend, where are you at, blood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't cope. I can't cope. You've been listening to the, the kids saying these uh, things, are they? Blood. Yeah. Well, I'm just testing things out. I'm just testing things out. <laughs> you know what I mean, bro? <laughs> no, I've done, I've done one, I've done one meeting with Steve, I know, and I picked up all the London slang, innit? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Is he still got the top knot? Uh, no. All oh, right, okay. No, it, it's it works. I'll send you a photo later. Is it? Oh, right, there we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's lasted a lot longer than two weeks. Christ. There we are. Go on, Rob, what's your pick? Right then. Uh, yeah, so I picked one bad haircut. And I'm going to pick a haircut that I liked. I feel like you guys may not like. But when I saw this guy, okay, so first of all, he's got a nice thick beard, quite an intimidating uh, stare on him, okay? One night to go into a 50-50 with him. And then he had this little mohawk going through the hair and he looked absolutely unreal. And I just love just how fearless he looked. He just looked like a guy that could get stuff done for you. Uh, another one close to home. Many years ago, he was close to home. But Raul Maria Les, when he had that mohawk down the middle, big, thick beard, I was not messing with him. But that's a guy I want on my side. As soon as you said mohawk, that is bad. Doesn't matter what it looks like, how big or short it uh, is. Express your, express your individuality, Gorgeous. unless you're still oh, that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I, I won't agree with you, but, but then I remember David Beckham. Yeah, exactly. So you shouldn't disagree. David know. Beckham has started all this. To be honest, it could it Dybex is he's the pioneer, isn't he? Yeah. He is. He's too obvious a choice. So I'm not going to, as I have the last pick, I'm not going to pick him. Um, I got a few, few picks here. I did have Schumach, and all I wrote was awful player, awful mullet. Enough said. It was just, <laughs> just terrible. Um, couple of other ones. I had Ronaldo, fat Ronaldo, with that bloody triangle on his head. Unbelievable player, but that triangle was something else. And I don't know if sort of what you obviously did about the young circuit recently. Yes. He, he is causing a lot of trouble for himself. He's already been in the bad box with Arteta, and then he comes up with a head like that and puts in a poopy performance. Um, but my pick is going to be a player with one of the biggest forwards I've ever seen. And to be fair, my hair is going, Sims is going, and Rob's is gone. <laughs> I wish I had the ball to try something, I guess, and cover up the receding hairline. But it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And that player is Jovino. Like, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know where the hair even came from because the hairline was so bad. But it just didn't look great, and he wasn't very good. So it didn't help him. But yeah, one of the worst hairstyles I've ever seen. Yeah. And that rounds out the draft. Late 2000s, Arsenal doing really well in this, have they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a correlation here. Then. Yeah. Uh, any honorable mentions? Dybex, 2001, bald head, absolute pioneer. The kind of look I'm hoping to go for in a, in a year. <laughs> Actually, I'm saying a year. It's probably going to be closer to three months in a year. Summertime. Uh, my training as well. Yeah, um, I'm expecting to be bald. Yeah, that's that's uh, the goal for me personally. Uh, one of mine was I, I I wanted to have a go at Arturo Vidal because he's had that stupid mini mohawk and then like etches weird things into the side. But uh, can remember when Joe Cole had that stupid red line? No, I saw that. Maybe and then, yeah. yeah, and then it came like it rounded up at the back. What are you even trying with that? Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, God. Who was, was, was he playing for Chelsea? Was he playing for Chelsea? I think it was West Ham. 
All right, okay, I was going to say because the red made no sense for his win with Chelsea. Yeah. You kid, then. We'll give him that. Oh, West Ham, you don't need a kid. We've all, we've all made mistakes. Well, okay? <laughs> you, you must have been going through a tough time. <laughs> give him a bed for the doubt. I think what you can remember is not everyone's a Steven Gerrard who had the same haircut throughout his whole career and now has the same haircut in management. That's the life you want, isn't it? You know what I mean? This, this is what you strive for, isn't it? It's just... That's greatness. That's greatness. Exactly. You know what I mean, even Frank Lampard is similar. He, you know, he, he kept his hair the same. Yeah. But, you know, they both got something in common in the fact that they got a good head of hair. Now, unfortunately... And that's it. That's that. Yeah. <laughs> management, on the other hand. Don't know. I know. Um, uh, that was a fun draft. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed researching because there have been some really bad haircuts. For oh, yes. Um, well, I'm going to leave the mystery. <laughs> excuse me, the mystery question as we've gone on for quite a while. Um, so I'm going to leave it there. Enjoy LFC against Real Madrid. Hopefully they get a win and we will speak next week. Up a red man. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Lads. Cheers, bruv.